faces, worn out places, worn out faces, bright and early for the day. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Uh, welcome to Follow Up Friday. We are uh, very glad that you're here. Um, just one of those Guys, moments just, in life. It's, it's it, man. This is it. This is it, man. This is it. This is. Uh, we already recorded the Sunday show, so you, you know, just but uh, this is the last podcast. Sir Ezra and I are going to record for the near future together. Yep. Yep. It's uh it's crazy because we're also kind of like back where it all started too, you know? Like it's it's just weird how we're back here <laughs> like we're up in the fortress of solitude listening to uh music we used to listen to growing up and just um I don't know, man. You yeah. know. It's just I don't know, guys. It's a somber day. I know it's a Friday. You know, for you guys, but uh, right now it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just tough. I know. I think about once the- this is over, Sir Matt's gonna walk out my door. He's gonna, yeah, mount his horse and uh, take his take his sword, his shield, and he's gonna head west, Kings Road, sit in the Kings Road, and I don't yeah. know, you know, I don't know. I've been holding it together for a while, but now it's just like I know time has come, so. Um, so if this is the last, well, it won't be the last time you guys hear my voice because we recorded the Sunday show, so you'll right. have that. But this, is, we just re- recorded them out of order. Good thing though, we we like saved <laughs> saved but, our energy for the yeah, Sunday but, show. Uh, yeah, so you know, if this is the last time I hear you guys because I wreck on the way or I get you know snatched, wow, dude. that's a real thing. You know, I know, man. There needs to be more awareness for that because that's you gotta crazy. Be, you got to be careful on the King's Road. You do, and, I, and, and, and in, in all, all seriousness, seriousness though, that is a people. public service announcement. Yeah, every time on Facebook, I go Take on care. Facebook, I feel like just more and more girl, young girls getting snatched. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. This whole trafficking thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's it's wild. And actually, around where we live, it's been a it's been a huge issue. Yeah. So so anyway, uh, but anywho, so yeah, um, I guess we should. Get I'll into take it. my sword. I'll you know. Yeah, you'll be protected. You'll be fine. No. So, um, and actually, you know what? It won't be long. I'm, I'm going to plan a trip out and uh, oh yeah, bring the equipment, and so we'll, we'll get back out there. Yeah, we'll do a little face to face. But um, and actually, I mean, as soon as you get out there, we're going to be chatting it up. Oh yeah, 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 no, no, but no. it's like yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing with the podcast is going to change. This is not the. First I'm actually, time. I'm actually animated now. I'm, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We this just wanted, is, to, we just wanted to do something kind of funny for the intro there. Oh man. Well, yeah, because actually earlier though we, we, were, we legit yeah. were in that state. I, well, mean, I hurt my sh- man, I hurt my shoulder today. I don't know what it was, but yeah, you were lifting it. You were lifting, it pretty lifting heavy. heavy. I've been I've been laying around watching the office all day, working on some theories there. Yeah, who is the Scranton Strangler? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> just trying to figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. But we're not here to talk about the office. We're here to talk about a song of ice and fire. Yes, we are. Yeah, and uh, today we've got a. Um, we we promised you last follow up Friday that we would we would cover a couple ravens uh, from our good friend uh, Lord Adam Parker, Woo. and uh, we've got those for you today. And we'll see. We might have a couple, uh, depending on how you know time goes. Um, also, because we do got to get Sir Matt's got to get out of here and pack, and he's got some other things he's got to do. But uh, mm-hmm. 
So we'll see how we're doing on time, but we might have a couple more uh, Ravens at the end. We'll, yeah. We'll see. And uh, so. speaking of Lord Adam Parker, he was the trivia winner for last week. Nice. The question was, who kills Polliver? And in the show, it's Arya. But in mm-hmm. the books, it is the Hound. So I was, yeah, I was trying to think of something last week. I was like, maybe this will trick people up. Nope. Nobody got it wrong. Nobody got it. Yeah, everybody did a great job, honestly. Yeah, we had uh, Ty Strader was in there. We had a couple other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So reply. So yeah, sir. Uh, Robbie of Newcastle, however, is coming back from vacation, so uh, everyone should look out. Yeah, and uh, we were joking about maybe uh, should we just post the episode at like eight p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> if jo- we could noon. If, yeah, just yo uh, noon. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be wild. Give people a fair chance. Uh, we'll see. Um, okay, so. <clears throat> Do we have what are we gonna save trivia? We're we gonna do it now. We're we gonna do it later. Yeah, we probably should go ahead and uh, get it out and do it now. Yeah. Okay. So uh, trivia for this week is: What is the name of the ancestral seat of House Reed? Mm-hmm. What is the name of the ancestral seat of House Reed, or AKA what is the name of their castle? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Let us know. Um, is that's... it more of a castle or is it a fort? Yeah, I don't really. No one really knows, really. Yeah, it kind of uh, floats around. It does moves, it moves around. Ravens can't find it. Mm-hmm. You know, the enemy can't find it. Yeah, it's down there in uh, the swamps. Yeah, it is. So it's actually one of the more interesting, I think, houses. And you know, Howland Reed himself and his kids are super interesting. You know, because right. they're you know working with Bran, and they're they're supposed to be mm-hmm. you know friends to the Starks and stuff. It's just I don't know. Yeah, really cool. So, so. Um, okay, uh, we ready to. Dive into the Raven. Woo! Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> uh, so this is, we're going to do the uh, dragons in history first. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, we, let's, I'll just dive into it here. Yeah. Uh, good morning, my good sirs. In our discussion Monday, and this was Which actually. Was a couple of Mondays ago. Yeah, yeah. Because we saved this for a bit. Um, but this was back when we were talking about uh, dragons in the Daenerys chapter. And I, th- I think Sir Matt and I were talking about how dragons were still in a shy you know, we were talking mm-hmm. about how like their their origin story, right. um, and so this is this is what that uh, uh, pertains to. So, in the Daenerys chapter, we mentioned the theories uh, her handmaidens had on where dragons come from. I've decided to look to the earth again for some wisdom. Never forget, you know, his words are from Earth wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give a brief description of a Song of Ice and Fire dragons, then discuss some theories we hear about dragons from a Song of Ice and Fire, uh, specifically. Um, you know, uh, well, with our help. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, then I will explore uh, as brief as I can dragons all over the world, uh, keying in on areas where uh, Gur has been known to draw from previously. Okay. Part one: A Song of Ice and Fire. Characteristic. Character. I can never say that word. Characteristics. Char- characteristics. Characteristics <laughs> of dragons. Um, okay. In a world of ice and fire. Uh, dragons are, are scaled reptilian creatures. Uh, they have four limbs, two wings, which are used as four legs, uh, like bats. And um, uh, tr- is that the is that help try? Yeah. Uh, there's a p in front of that that, that word there. A dinosaur. You're not supposed to pronounce the p. Pterosaurs. Yeah. Pterosaurs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and two and two rear legs. He said Google them. He did. He said to Google these beforehand, yeah. and we didn't. Um, it is said that dragons are um, fire made flesh, uh, great heat 
comes from their uh, dragon bodies to the point that they steam during cold nights. Dragons only eat cooked meat and use extremely hot flame, which they breathe to cook their meat before eating it. Um, yeah, and actually we see that in the book uh, several times, don't we? Yeah. When actually, most recently in A Dance of Dragons, mm-hmm. um, Danny is kind of uh, living off of, I think, was it goats? Yep. Right? You know, and she's, in, so getting some of that charred uh, that charred meat, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say that word was pterodactyls, but it's not. Of course, no. Lord Adam, you know, picked out one of these uh, rare, uh, I just looked mm-hmm. at the dinosaur that, he's, that, he, <laughs> that he threw out there for us. And yeah, still it, looks like, it looks like a, a pterosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I've I've seen Jurassic Park like 50 times. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. I, I'm all right. pretty I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're an expert. <laughs> you're an expert. I was never a fan. Don't which tell is me. absurd. I know people hate me for that. It took okay. me quick quick aside here. Yeah, it took me years to get Sir Ezra to watch Jurassic World. I know. And then you did, and you're like, this is great. I know it is great. I know. <laughs> I know. I wish I would have watched it more though in preparation for this Raven. Okay. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So let's see. Yeah, they eat their cooked meat. Uh, Dragon bone is made as strong as steel, uh, but lighter and far more flexible. All right. The lifespan of dragons is many times that of human of a human. And actually, uh, so what was our dragon? Well, he actually, he's bringing, he brings up a couple here. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Balerion, uh, the largest and oldest Targaryen dragon already alive when House Targaryen relocated from Valyria to Dragonstone in 128 BC, died of old age. In 94 AC, during the reign of King Jaehaerys Targaryen, near 200 years of age. Yeah. Yeah, so during the reign of the old king, um, uh, Balerion is, uh, dies, you know. The Dread, right? Is that yeah. what we called him? Yeah. So, uh, dragons are, are believed to be uh, intrinsically tied to magic in the world. Since the death of the last dragon in 153 AC... Uh, summers grew shorter and the winters colder and crueler, while magical spells became less powerful. And that's a really interesting point. It is. Um, Hadn't thought of that. Yeah, in, in, in their absence, what has replaced, you know, um, dragons. You right. Know, or, or you know, I guess, I even think, too, like types of magic. You know, is it right. that all magic left or is it just is it that there's different, you know, kind of that ice and fire magic, right? Mm-hmm. One side versus the other. Uh, traditionally, Targaryen uh, princes received a dragon's egg in their cradle, allowing them to bond with the dragon as soon as the eggs hatched. Unhatched eggs can become um, can become fossilized at an old age, uh, as as we see those uh, those kind of those petrified eggs right. that uh, that Danny has at the start of the series. Um, could have been some of those eggs that were once in a Targaryen prince's. Um, you know, crib, but but they never hatched. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Well, let me take this part. Sure. Yeah. Dragon riders. Dragons are intelligent creatures who can be trained to serve as battle mounts um, and understand vocal commands. They are said to be unpredictable in nature uh, and have to be trained to keep them from laying waste to everything around them. However, dragons will not simply allow anyone to mount them. In Valyria, the nobleborn dragon riding families, the dragon lord families frequently married brother to sister to keep the bloodline pure, and it is generally believed that the Valyrian heritage plays a part. During the Civil War, known as the Dance of the Dragons, Prince uh, Jacaris Valerian called upon Targaryen bastards and their descendants, the so-called Dragon Seeds, to try and mount a dragon. Regardless, men without Valyrian descent made their attempt as well, nor is the possession of Valyrian blood, no matter how... uh, 
directly a guarantee that bonding with a dragon will be mm-hmm. successful. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Once a dragon has bonded with a rider, that dragon will not allow anyone else to mount it while the rider lives, no matter how familiar said person might be to the dragon, although they are willing to accept another person upon their backs when their own rider has mounted as well. When a the rider of a dragon dies, that dragon can bond with a new rider. No rider has ever ridden a different dragon while his or her dragon was currently alive. Yeah, we see that. Mm, okay. We see that when you have another person on the dragon with um, when Visenya goes to conquer uh, the ear, the eerie. Yep. Right. Okay. And then the young, the young prince yeah. comes out, and then the 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 queen of the area at the time, because they were all kings and queens. Yeah, Roy Saren or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she is like hiding in the castle, and then she comes. Right. Well, she like comes out when Visenya lands. Right. And then she sees that her son is. Like oh I want to ride for the dragon so she takes him right on, yeah right, she takes him on, on a gotcha. ride yeah so yeah huh. um, the dragon and its rider form a bond a dragon might be able to sense when its current rider uh, is in distress or has died this is implied in the case of the dragon Dreamfire who despite being locked and chained in the dragon pit is said to have sensed when his rider Helena Targaryen committed suicide in Magor's Holdfast. At the other side of the city. Additionally, when the dragon Drogon was hit by a spear, the dragon and its rider Daenerys Targaryen were said to have screamed as one. Sub theory: Daenerys, Tyrion, Jon, and Bran are all n- the new dragon riders. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I mean, d- d- uh, Daenerys for sure. Tyrion. We see that. Um in the in the in the show, in the we show, see that right. moment, right? You know, John. And John uh, has a moment. Has yeah. a moment for sure. Can see that happening. Uh, now, Brand, though. Well, I've, you said this in the yeah, past and I've seen that a, he just he, might he might war get he might war, you know war get into yeah it, yeah which would be interesting yeah that would be very interesting. All right. Um, well, hold, real quick here, just with the the whole writer situation, um, it's interesting that like the does oh gosh, what's his name? Yeah, during the Dance of Dragons, like they. Um, Lord Adam mentioned that they kind of opened it up to different people right. in their in their blood and those different bloodlines and what have you. Is it? Uh, it's not even. It's so. First, you have to have like the blood, right? You have to have. That, I would assume that, yeah. that bloodline, right? Um, and then, how is like how does one approach and form that bond? Though you know what I mean. Like, right. are there like well, like, it says like, a bunch of people try. Right, and, <laughs> and they, and they, they yeah. get you know, yeah, they get eaten and burned right. Charred, and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah, so it's like you got to have a lot of nerve to mm-hmm. to make that bond, don't mm-hmm. you? And almost you would think be kind of assertive or have a. And every dragon's different too. Every dragon's totally different. There's right. the one um, in the Dance of the Dragons they, that they call the cannibal, right? And it's like oh, yeah. he's even snapped at other dragons and, right, and right. stuff like that. And so um, they say some of the more mature ones or like you try to get them when they're young mm-hmm. and, yeah. stuff, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, interesting. it's, it's a complex, uh, process, I think. Mm-hmm. And so one that we don't have a whole lot on, but nice right. to think about. Yeah. Um, common Thrones myths about dragons. Uh, Doria said to Khaleesi, the moon was an egg. Once there were two moons in the sky, but one wandered too close to the sky. Um, but one, wa- uh, and one wandered too close to the sun and cracked from the heat. A thousand thousand dragons poured forth and drank from the fire of the sun. This is why dragons breathe flame. One day the other moon will kiss the sun too, and it will crack and the dragons will return. 
Uh, we know this to be a traitor's tale and not true. <laughs> when the red comet was seen throughout the realm, everyone was curious as to what it meant. Old Nan, who could be the only character to not lie, yep. spoke. Dragons, she said, lifting her head and sniffing. She was near blind and could see not the comet, yet she claimed she could smell it. It be dragons, boy, she insisted. At Dragonstone, the red priestess Melisandre tells... Uh, Celise Florent, the, com- yeah. the comet is Dragon's Breath. In King's Landing, the small folk city call it Joffrey's com- uh, King Joffrey's Comet, and servants refer to it as the Dragon's Tail. Hmm. We are not sure as to why the comet occurred. It could be a coincidence, but we know dragons recently hatched when the comet was seen, and many individuals correlate the comet with dragons. Huh, that's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, first of all, Lord Adam... Uh, spot on with with pointing out that old Nan is the only one we can really trust. Absolutely, uh, you know when we're uh, trying to decipher the meaning uh, behind the comment. Right, because I don't think she ever tells a lie, but I do think she kind of doesn't know what she's saying sometimes. Uh, well, I came know. here for a Brandon, but yeah. I can't really remember which Brandon. Well, I mean, yeah, but she's you know, or maybe she does know, and she's just maybe she's just playing yeah. everyone like a fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, she she's well, she smells the comment too, mm-hmm. right? You know, very interesting, but. There's um, and and the comet plays into all the different prophecies and stuff, you know, and it's sort of this, you know, sign that uh, that these things, you know, it's a sign that kind of uh, these prophecies have said would come, and then it kind of gives a lot of uh, credence to uh, to them, and then to the idea that dragons and magic are coming back into right. the world and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Uh, and Melisandre, you know, saying that. Um, also saying that it's dragon's breath, mm-hmm. you know, making that uh, connection as well. The whole bit with the eggs, you know, that are the moon and the sun, and, right. and that whole bit seems a little bit. Um, I don't know. I like that one. I mean, I know you like because that's just one before. that's never really touched on. Like, right, it was never really touched on ever again. So, but I don't know. Yeah, he talks about it early on in the books. So, you well, know. you know, people used to believe the world was flat. All yeah, right. Well, it so, is. Well, I mean, all right, all right. I mean. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the horizon. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so, um, okay, on to part two, dragons around the world. Yeah. Um, let's see. All right. Every culture has some sort of depiction of a dragon. A dragon is a large serpent-like legendary creature that appears in the folk in folklore of many cultures around the world. Um, you know, beliefs about dragons vary drastically by region. Uh, the earliest uh, attested dragons resembled giant snakes. Dragon-like creatures are first described in the mythologies of the ancients of the ancient uh, Near East, and appear in ancient Meso- uh, Mesopotamia art and literature. Stories about storm gods slaying giant serpents occurred throughout early um, and all uh, Indo-European and Near Eastern mythologies. Okay. Um, and then Lord Adam goes on to mention a couple different oh, famous, basically famous tellings of uh, dragons in some of our um, ancient texts, mm-hmm. right? So we have, well, I mean, some of these are Hard un- unreadable here. for me. The um, uh, Mush. The only one I know is Beowulf. <laughs> the Mushishu of ancient Mesopotamia, Apep in Egyptian mythology, Virtra in the uh, Rigveda. 
the Levi- Leviathan in the Hebrew Bible, Python, Ladon, Wavern, and the uh, Linnean Hydra in Greek mythology. Okay, wow. Jorm, Jormungandr. Ooh, that's a tough And Neohogger. And uh, Fafnir in Norse mythology. I'd say sh- right now. I'm sure Regine. Regine is Regine laughing. Her- and some of our other, yeah. Some of our other people from th- from that region, are like, what are you guys <laughs> talking? Hey, about? you know what I'd love to hear is I'd love to hear them pronounce some of this in their own actual language. Yeah. Send us a clip of that Regine, yeah. please. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. dragon from Beowulf, the dragon who was slain by Saint George. Yeah, and yeah, so they're all over the place, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, dragons. My question is, when is our red comet coming? Mm-hmm. You know, when are dragons going to return, Sir Matt? Oh, you I know? think I, well, because they're real. I, well, based clearly upon, they're well, real. Well, on my, I am a dragon based upon my uh, Chinese birth year. So right, okay, yeah, good point. Um, so me, I was the dragon reborn. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would it would be neat to, um, I don't know, I, I've I've uh, like like the Chinese have a lot of different, uh, mm-hmm. you know beliefs on the dragon and, and what have you and it, th- there's just so much in text that it makes me kind of wonder like what was it is it a real you know like why do we have you know what i'm saying yeah like it's scattered through all of our ancient literature and stuff so i don't know um very interesting well um i believe it i mean um i i'm not super familiar with uh chinese history but i know obviously they have a lot of references to dragons and uh, things of that nature. I know Journey to the West, which is like a very big um, classical kind of novel about Chinese kind of history, which is actually what Dragon Ball Z is actually like draws. I mean, tons of things draw inspiration from that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let me get back here to uh, the Raven. I was was opening up a couple of different tabs Mm -hmm. here because I want to pull up some stuff. I'll go ahead. On dragons. <clears throat> the uh, popular Western image of a dragon as winged, four-legged, and capable of breathing fire is an invention of the High Middle Ages based on a uh, conflation of earlier dragons from different traditions. In Western culture, dragons are portrayed as monsters to be tamed or overcome, usually by saints or cre- uh, cultural heroes, as the popular legend of St. George and the Dragon. They are often said to have uh, ravenous ap- or ravenous appetites and to live in caves where they hoard treasure the word dragon has also come to be applied to the chinese uh lung pian long um yeah i mean he even has kanji there uh which are associated with good fortune and are thought to have power over rain dragons and their associations with rain are the source of the chinese custom of dragon dancings and dragon boat racing uh, many East Asian deities and demigods have dragons as their personal mounts or companions. Dragons were also identified with the Emperor of China, who, during later Chinese imperial history, was the only one permitted to have dragons on his house, clothing, or personal articles. Hmm. Right. So something that's, you know, held in high, yeah, obviously high regard and, and reserved for, you know, um, yeah, those in power, right? Absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, oh, all right. Let's see here. Uh, part three, Thrones uh, in Real History. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we got some more connections here uh, between the two, between A Song of Ice and Fire and maybe what you know Gurr is, is uh, drawing on. Apart from dragons themselves to family houses using a dragon to symbolize their house, um, we look no further, further than the Targaryens' story. Sorry, look, look no further than uh, Targaryens. 
Uh, and he says, sorry, so, sorry, Wales. Uh, the Welsh flag is a red dragon. The oldest recorded use of the dragon to symbolize Wales is uh, a book written around AD um, or 829 AD, uh, but it is popularly supposed to have been uh, the battle standard of King Arthur. I was, wow. about, I was, I was about to say that. And other ancient uh, Celtic leaders. And I will say right here, huh. on the record, okay, that King Arthur is not just some myth. Okay. It's historical fact. We just haven't uncovered it yet. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm with I'm you on that. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Uh, so, okay, so it's uh, it's uh, the battle standard of, of, of King Arthur and other ancient uh, Celtic leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's association with these uh, leaders along with other evidence from archaeology, literature, and documentary uh, history led many to suppose that it evolved from an earlier um, Roman-British national symbol. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the reign of the Tudor uh, monarchs, the red dragon was used as a supporter in the English crown's coat of arms. Mm-hmm. All right, one of two supporters along with the traditional English lion. The red dragon is often seen as symbolizing all things Welsh uh, and is used by many public and private institutions. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. So this is all this is all stuff I don't really, you know. Um, I knew that there was a lot of lore and there was a lot of different, um, you know, uses of it in, um, you know, that Celtic uh, culture, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't really, you know, know much about as to, you know, the, the specifics, I guess. Right. Okay. Girl loves uh, 15th and 16th century Europe. Uh, we can see many inspirations from Elizabeth of York, a.k.a. the Rose, War of the Roses, uh, Lancaster family, etc., and her marriage to Henry uh, the seventh, aka the dragon. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, another uh, Gur inspiration, uh, Gur inspired uh, battle is the battle of the white and the red dragon. In Welsh legend, the white dragon was one of two warring dragons who represented the ongoing war between the English and the Welsh. The white dragon represented England as opposed to the red dragon of Wales. Uh, where did the myth of the dragon come from in the first place? Scholars say that. Belief in dragons probably evolved independently in both Europe and China, and perhaps in the Americas and Australia as well. How could this happen? Question. Many have speculated about which real-life animals inspired the first legends. Here's a rundown of the likeliest suspects. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we go through, um, he's, list, he's listed off several here. I mean, what inspired the dragon? As Sir Matt just said, he- a dragon. Uh, yeah, abs- yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, abs- absolutely. But yeah, we'll go. We'll go ahead here and read uh, through, through some of these. You have dinosaurs. Uh, ancient people may have discovered dinosaur fossils and understandably misinterpreted them as the remains of dragons. Chang Ku, uh, a Chinese historian from the fourth century BC, mislabeled such a fossil in what is now uh, Sichuan Province. Uh, take a look at the fossilized Stegosaurus, for example, and you might see why these giant beasts. Av- these giant beasts averaged 30 feet in length and were typically 14 feet tall and were covered in armor plates and, and spikes for defense. The Nile crocodile. Um, native to sub-Sahara, uh, sub-Saharan Africa, Nile crocodiles may have had a more extensive range in a- uh, ancient times, perhaps inspiring European dragon legends by swimming across the Mediterranean to Italy or to Greece. They are among the largest of all crocodile species, uh, with mature individuals reaching up to 18 feet in length. 
and unlike most others, they are capable of a movement called the high walk, uh, in which the trunk is elevated off the ground and a, uh, and a, a giant lumbering croc might be easily to mistake for a dragon. Huh. Let me, I'll say this real quick. There's a few things I don't mess with. It's alligators or crocodiles. Right, yeah. I don't I want anything to do with them. I know. I don't even I like know. going to Florida. No, no. I have family there. No, me I mean, no. if you're from Florida, it's a beautiful place. Right. But uh, I, right. Could, I couldn't live there just well, simply because of the bugs and right. the crocodiles. It's, I know it's one thing. Or, they have alligators there. But. Well, it's important, to be, it's important to know the difference. Sir yeah. Matt. So, you know, yeah. Sir Matt taught me a long time ago how to tell the difference. How to tell the, the difference. Yeah, one you'll see later and one you'll see in a while, okay? Right. And I don't want to see any of them anytime soon. Right. So, me <laughs> so, so yeah, I could not imagine a one that way. If I saw one walking off the ground, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be freaking out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I no, mean, I can see that. I can definitely well, see how you would see that if you if it's not something you had you know had seen or you see one walking because mm-hmm. I imagine it's going to be a pretty frightening thing anyway. Right. Yeah. You know. I mean. Well, it's, in it's, the it's, ancient. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like how some people see you know a maybe like a uh, big bear you know standing up on its its hind legs and suddenly they think it's Sasquatch. Right. Yep. I mean, it probably is Sasquatch. Right. But but, but yeah. That's you know. Well, you know, I mean, those like the dinosaurs seems to be is one of the most uh, convincing for sure to me. Just just the fact that it's like you know, f- finding those fossils mm-hmm. and looking at how big those are compared to us. It's just like whoa, yeah. Something like that used to walk around here. Well, like, and the other thing is we are uncovering new species, and we we still have a few more to get to. But we're always uncovering new species and new fossils and new things. Like hey, we just uncovered this as we yeah did right. archaeology. I mean, we have no idea. No, 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 uh-uh, not a, and how do I you mean, know this even, ter- I mean, even look, even look at what we think about dinosaurs now compared uh-huh. to like, you know, 50 years ago. Now we're like, well, they were probably actually feathered. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very interesting, so. So, all right, uh, continuing on here, the uh, goanna. Australia is home to a, a number of species of monitor lizards, also referred to as goannas. The large predatory animal have razor-sharp teeth and claws, and they are important figures in traditional uh, uh, folklore. Mm -hmm. Sorry. By the way, we're butchering tons of things this episode, so... Oh, Aboriginal. Aboriginal. Sorry. Okay. I was reading with you. Sorry. Aboriginal. That's okay. Uh, Recent studies even indicate that guanas may produce venom that cause bite victims, uh, wounds to develop infections after an attack at least in australia these creatures may be responsible for the dragon myth whales others argue others capital o <laughs> no, i'm just saying others argue that the discovery of megafauna such as whales prompted stories of dragons ancient humans encountering whale bones would have no way of knowing what these animals were sea-based uh, and the idea of such gargantuan creatures might well have led people to assume that whales were predatory. Because uh, live whales spend up to 90% of their time underwater, they are poorly understood for most of human history. Huh. And then here he even has the human brain. The most fascinating explanation involves uh, an unexpected animal, the human. In, this, in, this, uh, in his book, An Instinct for Dragons, Anthropologist David E. Jones argues that belief in dragons is so widespread among ancient cultures because evolution embedded an innate fear of predators in the human's mind. Just as monkeys have been shown to exhibit a fear of snakes and large cats, 
Jones hypothesizes that the trait of fearing large predators, such as pythons, birds of prey, and elephants, have uh, been selected for in hominids. In more recent times, he argues that universal fears have been frequently combined in folklore and created the myth of the dragon. Huh. Well, you know, think about, like, if we want to create something in our minds that is, you know, um, that we wouldn't know how to either handle or, or deal with, or like, like if you're creating a, a scary story, yeah. you know, yeah, the human mind can, we, we, we create all sorts of sci-fi, crazy Absolutely. stuff, you know. Um, I mean, I don't, however, need sci-fi horror movies to tell me to stay away from snakes. No. no I will say this. I watched this video on Facebook the other day of... Uh, they, some guy had to save an alligator in Florida uh, because this because this like twelve foot python had like wrapped itself around it. It's like I don't want to be Just, near either of them. Why are they saving? I, I don't know. Man. I mean, I get. I mean, people but some are gonna... of the but there are the the like anacondas and stuff like that. The snakes that are so large. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I mean, I really like. I mean, if you do look at a lot of you know, pictures of what we assume dinosaurs look like. I mean, that, to me, I think, of all of them, is probably the easiest one to, like, draw inspiration of what a dragon may have looked like. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, though, maybe they, even back then, may have initially thought that it was more of a, like, what we think of today as, like, a reptilian-based creature. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's always been the case Yeah, with dragons. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Like the the crazy and also where the idea that they breathe fire. Maybe that's just some sort of like mythical kind of a thing. Yeah, I wonder if all if all the legends actually all said that they br- that they breathe fire. You know. Yeah. I didn't. I, I wonder if like if they're if those you know um, ideas just are fire is kind of can always this kind of somewhat like a scary thing and yeah, but it's just be, been combined to things over time wouldn't it be interesting if like in different time periods and in different places around the world people you know like the dragon keeps re-emerging and it can it ha- it, it looks the same it's described the same and it's breathing fire and all those mm-hmm. different you know scenarios it's sort of like did they just hear about it from the other culture and so they thought all oh, this that's a scary monster we want to kind of duplicate in our own right um, or is that you know is there something yeah, else i don't to know it? so Wow, we're starting to sound like, uh, you know, uh, what's well, I wanted to say ancient ancient alien theorists. I know. <laughs> but, but though, you know, it, it, when you look at the when you when you look though at some of the different depictions of dragons, and Lord Adam Parker mentions this, like when you think of what when you think of how dragons are kind of depicted in Chinese culture, they are more snake-like, right? Like they're much they're usually like these much longer dragons, and they usually have like short feet. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're always, they're, they're always in the, at least it seems like in the Chinese way of telling it these much they're really long creatures, not like it, it is in, you know, European history where they're kind of more like tank like. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're there's just a difference in the way they way they're portrayed. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I thought I would pull up some interesting just stuff here from um the wiki and just various stuff about about dragons. Uh, one thing that's interesting is the different houses whose sigil depicts a dragon. Oh yeah, right. So House Blackfire, you know, and House Targaryen. Those are pretty. Oh, you're talking from the, from the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking from from a song back to, back to a song of ice and fire. Yeah. Um, just thought it would be kind of neat to go over who those were. Uh, Blackfire, Targaryen, um, House Tolan, which actually I believe is the one. Isn't that the one where 
they're from Dorne, and like they changed their sigil because uh, it was a it was a dragon chasing its own tail. Okay. Um, because you know they they kind of like. Uh, oh gosh, here let me just click on it real quick. Um, yeah, pull it up. Is like an Ouroboros? Uh, let's see. I'll show it to you real quick here. Yeah. So it's um, so House House Talon of Ghost okay, Hill yeah, kind of. is a Dornish noble house sworn to Sunspear and one of Martell's principal bannermen. Um, it is also the seat of Ghost Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see the history here. So during um, Aegon's conquest and the first Dornish War, uh, it was uh, Lord Tolan had sent out. Yeah, it was it was that champion right who was mm-hmm. not really a champion. Um, so he sends out this champion basically to buy time, you know, kind of a uh, Last Jedi Luke Skywalker reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aegon slew the man. He learned uh, that the man was Tolan's mad fool, and uh, or, or Tolan, 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 Tolan himself had escaped. In later days, um, they actually renamed, or I'm sorry, they, they took a new banner uh, showing a dragon biting its own tail with the color green and gold in memory of the motley... Um, fool, their brave fool, mm-hmm. that kind of you know bought them time and helped them to escape. So that's one of the other houses. Um, and so I knew about that one, but let me go back here because there's another one I didn't know about. Um, House Vance, House Vance, I thought was kind of interesting, and it's 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 sort of split into a couple of different houses here. But in the it's uh, House Vance of the Riverlands, um, and there's another house. It's split into two. It's a uh, House Vance of Wayfarer's Rest and House Vance of um, Atranta, mm-hmm. I think. So, anyways, uh, but both of them have, you know, like a green dragon uh, on their coat of arms. A green dragon on a white field with a white tower um, on a black field. Mm-hmm. All right. So, don't know much about them, actually, though. Uh, the, the Vance's support uh, Rob Stark, um, King of the Trident during the War of the Five Kings. Yeah. Um, let's see. They actually have this guy. Let's see. One of them. Yeah. One of them. One of the Vance's is a companion to Edmure. So like a really small, you know, um, house and a small mention in the series. But I thought it was interesting. And the house is split into two, which we can look at later as to why. Um, so there's that. And then, um, let's see. One more here. Another house from Game of Thrones. Willem. House Willem, does that sound right? Mm-hmm. And they've got like a skeletal dragon. Actually, it's oh, like a, cool. yeah. So you see that it's got a skeletal oh, dragon yeah. with three swords. Uh, so that's their coat of arms. Uh, it, it's a noble house from the Reach, uh, and according to semi-canon sources, uh, their shield. Um, they have a shield with three, uh, three silver long swords crossed on a black on black beneath a bone. I'm sorry, a dragon bone skeleton on a uh, white uh, field there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Don't know much about them either. It looks like they they were also mentioned. House Willem declared for Renly Baratheon in the War of the Five Kings. And this is a short little mention there. But just thought it was kind of cool, kind of interesting as to who would have a dragon on their, um, you know, as a part of their sigil. Yeah. So, Okay. All right. Anything else there, Sir Matt? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking up of kind of a history of dragons here on Wikipedia. Um, yeah, it is just really interesting. I mean, you know, you just look at it. I think to me, it does. Maybe it is. It, it's it's they kind of depict from this 
all of these different kind of histories, you know, blending and stuff over time. Um, just here on Wikipedia, you know, they're talking about, you know, snakes, probably like snakes, dinosaur bones, and crocodiles seems to be like the three biggest things that um, kind of, you know, people pull from in, in describing these these inspirations, you know, for the for for the myths of it, which yeah. is just really interesting. And yeah, throughout uh, history, Lord Adam Parker has actually kind of provided us here with just a lot of different. Um, and I'm not going to read all of these, but just kind of skip over here. Um, he he brings up um, tons of just uh, just a list of many historical dragons. Um, the Chinese dragon um, is a creature in Chinese mythology that also appears in Asian cultures. It is. It is different, like I was saying earlier. It's depicted as a long snake-like creature with four legs. Um, and he says, you know, it, it may also sometimes have, like, fish things, or sometimes it has, like, horns of, like, a stag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Indian uh, dragons, you've got, um, it's another, in India, so again, it's, he says it's a more, like, serpent-like right. like thing. Um, maybe sometimes hooded like a cobra. So it's it's just interesting that these, the um, you know Asian dragon history is it is more like snake based, which yeah. I just uh, you know find find of interest here. Um, you know, uh, Muslim one. So now we're talking more Middle East again. A giant serpent like python. Um, Indian one again, kind of more python like. Uh, it's all just—it's just interesting. Just yeah, all, it's all—it's all just kind of interesting. What it all? Do they all have wings on that list? I mean, he has a—he sent us a huge list. You know, he did. Basically yeah, have. a lot of a lot of them a lot of them do here. Uh, Korean it says a hornless ocean dragon, sea sea serpent, great lizard. Wow. I'm just kind of skipping through here. European. So now when we get down to European, it is different that the that the European ones are more. They all have. This is where they all get more to have wings. Like a lot of the the Chinese ones don't seem to have as, as wings as much, or 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 very big or at wings. all. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas whereas the European ones tend to focus a lot more on them having wings. Massive. Yeah. Massive wings. That's kind of the bigger the bigger things here. Um. And then gotcha. when you get into some of these, yeah, the Welsh, Welsh, a red dragon. He's talking about that. Well, uh, defeating the iron dragon or the white dragon. Um, yeah. Anyway, so just kind of sifting through all this, I, we'll have to ask him. I'm sure he. I'm sure he's fine with it. With us maybe just posting this. Yeah. Because it's an enormous document. Yeah. Actually, I first. I mean, I once it once up again, I said, as always, Lord Adam Parker overwhelms us here with these. These. I mean, they're amazing. I mean, they're a little. The amount of twelve page. The amount of re yeah, it's twelve, 12 page, page document. The, yeah, the amount of research he he puts in and. Um, from the earth, like wisdom. That. Yeah. From the earth. And yeah, I mean, wisdom. when you when you go out through history and you look at. Uh, you know, a lot of these different rulers, a lot of them do pick dragons as kind of like their symbol or, you know, sigil. And it's all over the world. You know, a lot in China, even Europe. Um, to me, the first thing I think of is actually like Eastern Europe. Uh, if you go back to like around the 1400s, that's right. what I, the first guy that comes to my mind is Vlad Dracul, Vlad the Impaler. You know, his his dad was in the um, Order of the Dragon, which is actually this kind of like chivalrous knighthood. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, and and that's like, pretty cool. Yeah, and they were like, there's like I think it's originally started, um, and they were like, they're like, you know nobility, and I thought they had something to do with the Pope. Like they were kind of like this, like of course they would. They did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was like a military order of crusaders. 
Um, and it's like it's actually so it's actually not like a dra- their symbol is not a dragon symbol. It's like a cross, um, but it's got it's red and it's got like yellow kind of like gotcha. wings uh, wings on it and stuff like that. And that's just super cool. I love uh, Vladricool. He's one of the coolest leaders in uh, in history over there. And uh, that's you know the whole that's how the Dracula yeah oh yeah legend yeah gets started and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, okay, just real quickly to dive back into some of the uh, Song of Ice and Fire yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, histories here. So if you guys want something, just something fun, a nice quick little uh, search of Ruski here, just go to a Song of Ice and Fire wiki uh, or westeros.org and type in dragons. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, they've got known dragon eggs, which is really cool. They've got all the dragon eggs that are known. Uh, and so recently I thought just some of these – you know, uh, one that we come across in the Duncan Egg series is uh, Lord Ambrose Butterwell's egg, which is red with gold flecks and black whorls on it. Its whereabouts are unknown mm-hmm. uh, after what happened there with, uh, was that Mystery Night? Mm-hmm. Is that Mystery Night? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dunk gets to see that egg. Um, also mentions the seven eggs that were used by King Aegon V in his ceremony that caused the tragedy at Summerhall. Um, some of these may have been the unhatched eggs mentioned above. Uh, they also uh, their whereabout their whereabouts are, are unknown, possibly destroyed by fire. Possibly, I'll even add in here to the wiki, um, actually hatched, mm-hmm. you know, and taken off. Uh, Euron uh, Greyjoy actually says that he had a dragon's a- uh, egg and he he gave it to the sea. He threw it into the sea mm-hmm. um, so that it could be sort of like a sea dragon. Um, and then you've got uh, yeah, just a bunch of different mentions here. It actually goes back. There's probably like close to 30-some entries in here, and it talks about whether the egg hatched, um, and if not, then where where is it currently located, uh, or is it unknown as to where its origins are. Also has a list of dragons here that is super cool. Uh, you can go through and you can look up, like, you know, uh, Sea Smoke was a famous dragon that uh, Lenore Valerion and Adam Valerion, who mm-hmm. was one of those, as you mentioned earlier, and actually Lord Adam mentioned as well, one of those who was like a like bastard-born um, you know, comes back in and becomes a, a, a dragon, um, dragon rider, uh, sheep stealer who Nettles ends up getting, you know, is another one of those characters, but there's just, it's got all of them. It's got them all listed in here. And so really nice to look and see who the multiple dragon riders were, uh, and so on. So like Vagar, super important, you know, and you can see kind of who claimed, uh, Vagar through, throughout yeah. her life. So, so yeah, again, it's all super interesting, um, to see where all of this, history and stuff comes from because we do know Gurr loves to draw from all of this all of this stuff I mean you can look I mean obviously Westeros is totally like the United Kingdom and then, you know I mean it's just totally yeah. d- derived from that and Essos is totally seems much more when you get to the free cities it seems much more like kind of Spain Croatia yeah you know and stuff like that and then it's just sure. where he so he's clearly drawing from a lot of the histories to kind of use to to for different regions and things like that. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, yeah. So I don't know. To, th- this is interesting. I mean, to me, like, like I, I think this stuff is cool and it's mm-hmm. really neat to kind of think about and stuff. And I'm not, you know, putting any of this stuff down or whatever. But this is definitely a Sir Matt. Like, I can tell you like it. And I know oh that yeah, you've always yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Re- really, were super into this, you know, um, type of thing, connecting it to the histories. What's weird is that I actually really like when I read a story. One of my favorite things. Um, about what Gurr is doing is that he is building the history, is that yeah. he is world building, and we are getting more and more, you know, to 
what happened in this ancient lore, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in either either when it was in a game or a book or what have you. I just think that's the coolest part is to mm-hmm. go back and really dig in. So I understand, I guess, why, you know, you feel that way and others feel that way about our own history, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, to me, it's like certain certain parts of it are super cool, but but uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's just neat. It's it's yeah. not something I'm real strong in, not an area that I really know a whole lot about. So I always like to hear other people kind of talk about it. And uh, I like to read this type of stuff. I, I don't know that I'm real good at commentating on it, but it's it's definitely no, yeah, for definitely sure. neat. Yeah. If you have more of it, I mean, you know, we I would love to see more of that kind of stuff in the group because it definitely, you know, uh, adds to my knowledge. Yeah. So, yeah. No, for sure, yeah. So... All right, well, uh, we have another one. This one is not as long. Um, this is kind of a Norse connection. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd actually, this was one actually the first Ravens we ever got. Um, is, uh, and he, was, he like kind of touched on it. And so um, I'm, as I'm looking over this, I'm like, oh, yeah, we kind of we looked at this before. But we, uh, so this is, I think he's like just f- flushed it out here. Um, and so in Norse. You know, mythology, if the letter R comes after a vowel, you pronounce it um, kind of like Tyr, right? Um, or like Thor. Um, but if it comes after a consonant, it's silent. So like Heimdall. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like Heimdall, <laughs> right? And you it, know, it's spelled like H-E-I-M-D-A-L-L-R. Right. You know, it's funny. Uh, Lord Adam Parker, you sent us that little special note because you know that... Uh, Sir Ezra struggles with his uh, pronunciations. Oh God, I do. But too, yeah. uh, you, you sent that, and I still tried to read through this list with that guideline. And I was like, "Oh Lord, yeah." <laughs> and so uh, here we go. There's just some connections to possible some characters uh, and stuff like that. So it's, it's always it's interesting. So uh, Ares Targaryen, um, kind of similar to Odin, you know, the Mad God slash King. Robert Baratheon as Thor. Storm God who wields a hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lannister uh, is Tyr, um, a heroic guy who loses his hand to a wolf. That's not you know one I'm super familiar with. Oh wow, though I mean that's yeah kind of cool. Not that he does lose his hand to a wolf, but just the connection of you know loses his hand and we have you know yeah. dire wolves in the story. Yeah, for sure. Well, he does. I mean, theoretically, he loses his hand because he's because captured. Of, yeah, okay. yeah, but yeah, um, but it's just like uh, it's not. A wolf who actually cuts his hand off. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamie Lannister as uh, Sigurd, a uh, blonde hair, blue eyed prince, charming. Uh, oh wait, that's like two connections. Oh, okay. okay yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. A blonde hair, blue eyes, prince, charming type of a guy, aka the dragon slayer. <laughs> um, nice. Walter Frey as uh, Freyr, a uh, creepy old man who likes sex and has many children. Samuel Tarly as uh, Heimdall. The smart one, yeah. Cersei Lannister as uh, Frigg, jealous of how pretty how pretty Freya is, goes crazy after her son Balder is killed. Uh, Marjorie Ty- Tyrell as Freya, the hot pretty girl who is loved by everyone. Okay, yeah. Um, Sansa Stark as uh, Ilden, associated with apples. Plus Sansa is a type of uh, is a type of apple. So there's that. Plus Ilden marries her father slash brother's killer, and is taken to the mountains by some bird. Brand huh. of Brand of Tarth as Brynhildr Brindle. Yeah, I don't know. Shield Maiden who supports the wrong Brindle. king. Theon Greyjoy as as a uh, Njord. <laughs> Njord or where people are like, where, what are these guys saying? Can Sorry. I please have Regine read this list? Yeah. 
hostage of the gods that won a civil war. Jojen Reed as Kvasser. Yeah. Cave. Okay. Uh, I, he even gave us how to pronounce this, and I. I told you. I, I told you. Uh, has an answer for every question. His blood gets eaten when mixed with mead. Joffrey Baratheon um, as Balder, Frigid's son who dies. Tom and Baratheon as uh, Vidder, the young or silent god. Mance Raider as Egther, a harpist who watches over giants. Bloodraven as Loki. Trickster causes Ragnarok, which is like their kind of uh, Armageddon. Bran Stark as Faranir, uh, Big Wolf. Who chomps off Tyr's hand, Loki's child. Uh, so that's definitely interesting. Daenerys Targaryen as uh, Jormander. Or Jormungand. I don't know. The dragon that wraps around the world. Melisandre as uh, Hell, which literally is Hell. Jon Snow as a uh, Sutir. Leads group into battle. Kills Freyr. Uh, wields a flaming sword. Uh, Sutir, which means black. Arya Stark as Skull and Hati. So kind of two things here. Two wolves, one who mocks and one who hates. Tyrion Lannister as a Fafnir, a dwarf son of the richest man, kills his father. Holy. Yeah, so uh, clearly he is drawing a, a lot here. Or just, you would have to say he is. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, 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 it's yeah, way right. too, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rickon Stark as a Garmir, a dog slash wolf, doesn't get enough story time. Victorian Grager as um, Hiram, captain of a ship. Hodor as Hod- as. Hodor likes to hold the door. Just kidding. He dies. Um, and Ragnarok. All right. So what is Ragnarok? It quite literally means the song of ice and fire. But what is a song? Is a song a battle? Do musical notes fight one another for dominance with no care or concern for the overall sound? No, that is discord. A song is harmony, notes working together in unison. And that is Ragnarok, the forces of ice and fire uniting as one to attack the words of gods and men. Um, and that is key to understanding what is really going on in George R. R. Martin's epic fantasy series, A Song of Ice and Fire. Ice and fire may seem like op- op- opposites, but they also are partners and very similar. A frostbite has the same effect on your skin as fire, as fireburn does. The battle is not dragons versus white walkers, fire versus ice, but it is dragons and white walkers versus mankind. Fire and ice versus people. Prior to Ragnarok, the world is plagued by civil war, rampant immortality, or immorality, excuse me, uh, particide, fratricide, and disease, a long winter that engulfs the world known as Fimble. Uh, try that one as. Uh, Fimblevet. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, I think I'm actually going to be right. Fim. Fimblevet. Yeah, because you dropped the R. Fimblevet. Okay. Uh, three simultaneous winters without end. Winter is coming. Before the ensuing apocalypse erupts at Ragnarok, uh, Jotnar, mm-hmm. large beings not unlike giants who inhabit the realms of ice and fire unite. So on one side you have Loki, the trickster, and his monstrous offspring Faranir, the bound wolf, uh, Jormungandr, and the world serpent, and Hel, the queen of the dead, to do battle with and slay the gods. All the major figure, um, all the major figures of the Norse pantheon are forbid, are foretold. Excuse me. To perish in the ensuing chaos. Odin, the mad god, shall be swallowed by Faranir, and Thor, the storm god, the storm lord, who wields a mighty warhammer, shall fall to Jormungandr. Uh, Tyr, or is it Tyre? Tyr. Tyr. Tyr? Okay. Because of the Y. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. The one-handed god of single combat shall be torn to shreds by Garm? Garm? 
Yeah, Garm. Hell's Hound. Uh, Fair, the Phallic Lord of... Um, Ver, ver, uh, what, how am I? I'm just uh, Vertility. Yeah. Vertility. Yep. Sorry. Uh, shall fall to the fire giant uh, Sutir, the black, and his fiery sword. Uh, and Heimdall, the watcher, shall die at the hands of Loki himself. When all is said and done, only the children of the gods shall remain. And Odin's son, uh, Verdar, or, yeah, in particular, whose name means vengeance, shall tear Faranir's jaws apart and avenge his father. After which the world shall be rejuvenated and life shall start anew. And if that doesn't knock your socks off, Iceland is the country most associated with Vikings who believe in Norse mythology. Iceland is a country in the North Atlantic Ocean that aptly uh, that is aptly known as the land of fire and ice. Yeah. It is an island born out of volcano eruptions over millions of years. Up to 8,000 years ago, the entire island was bur- uh, buried under ice slowly as the glaciers melted. They carved the island's spectacular valleys and fords, deep glacier, glacial valleys that are flooded by the sea. Oh, boy. Ooh, that was a lot. Uh, and he says, Skull, uh, Lord Adam of House Parker. Skull or skull actually means bowl, which is used to serve beer, which is... Uh, one, uh, which one would drink and pass it to the guy next to him saying skull, which associates, uh, with enjoy this beer. So it stood in place for the word cheers. That was a lot of hard things to read. And I'm sure that, uh, anybody from, you know, that region is probably laughing, insulted, insulted. And I deeply apologize. (laughs) Can I tell you, we never had, I didn't, I like ancient mythology, Greek mythology, um, Norse mm-hmm. mythology, you know, those were not courses offered at uh, Sir Matt and I's high school. I'll just go ahead no. and tell you guys that right now. Well, I, I mean, because they are offered where I teach. And well, I often, Greek mythology was. Yeah, it probably was. But Greek you know. mythology, Greek mythology was. But uh, to go on record here, uh, and we won't use names, uh-huh. but uh, that teacher, we, that teacher that taught that was is kind of known in this area as a drunk. Yes. Yep. Yeah, she yep. had several DUIs <laughs> while we yep. Uh, yep. while we uh, went to school there, yeah. and uh, we were concerned. Yeah, I think she's probably retired now. But right. uh, yeah, so even had we take, so a lot of people just stayed away from her her classes, and she was the only one that taught it. So uh, I still don't think even if I would have taken the it, education system to... failed us. That's why we were, we're not more brushed <laughs> up on mythology. Actually, I think you did learn. I think you learned all of it in that class because I think it was just called classical mythology. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but uh, you yeah, know, but old uh, units and stuff. No, we, I mean, we, 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 I don't want to say her name. That, that's that'd be rude. Yeah, we legit have a uh, classical mythology and then a world mythology. And uh, the guy that I co-teach with spends a lot of time on like the tree of life and everything mm-hmm. and the whole the whole bit, all the different stories, and uh, does a really good job. I'm off. I'm oftentimes I'm in there just listening to the names mm-hmm. and I'm talking about these different characters. All of these I've heard him say before uh, and pronounce correctly. And I've just been kind of blown away, really. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's a guy who gets like super pissed at like the, the Thor, the Marvel Thor movies and stuff. Right. And I'm like, come on, it's based on a comic book, you know. But right, I mean, I've I, you know I, I've definitely played some video games at some point that are like based around you know like mythology and stuff like that, like the God of War series. And uh, oh god, I can't think of that name, but it was really bad. And uh, but yeah. it, it was based around like the Norse mythology and like a lot of these names, like the name Freya is a name I've seen used in like things um and you know like certain a lot a lot of things draw from will draw inspiration from these things but i've never specifically dived into norse you know norse mythology specifically mm-hmm. yeah 
Well, it's neat because you can tell that Gurr has, right? Oh, absolutely. Just by reading this, I think that's the whole point is that mm-hmm. he's, he's clearly drawn. Um, you know, he, he himself, it seems like, uh, from his storytelling, must have liked this type of mythology. Right. You know, uh, so there's that. And a lot of the great stories, you know, uh, do pull from, they, they pull different elements from these um, mythologies and kind of create. Well, their right. Own. Yeah. Star Wars did that, you know. Um, for sure, you know George Lucas. Well, what, are, what, are some, what are some Star Wars comparisons? Just so that maybe that that way I, I would I would I might know them. You mean from like like mythology and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, it's more like just the hero arc. Oh, like gotcha. that, that the archetype, right? So just sort of that inspiration, um, drawing from like the like the Force itself, right? Gotcha. This power. Mm-hmm. He didn't mention uh, in here the like like the life power right. that that that, that uh, Odin and Thor and those guys sort of like work in and believe, mm-hmm. um, you know. Connected the universe. Well, I mean, Luke gets his hand cut off. But yeah, uh, yeah, and right. he is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed prince, charming kind of a guy. Right, you're right. So, so there's, <laughs> so there yeah, is, there's that. Okay. No, I was just saying that those different stories gotcha. draw from right those mythologies. Not that Game of right. Thrones draws from Star Wars, but um, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that. I, I gotcha. meant, I, I meant, what were some things that Star Wars? Oh, gotcha, 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 okay. yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so. yeah. I mean, I mean, so many stories today. Um, draw from you know any i mean mythology or other or like or like classical you know classic like you know, like shakespearean stuff i mean stuff mm-hmm. like that too. i mean how many yeah. how many how many stories today do we look at and say well this is romeo and juliet mm-hmm. just told you know in a, in a different way yeah 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 and he mentioned earlier beowulf which is the only one that i'm really kind of somewhat f- uh familiar with there and right. uh you know yeah there's a lot of different uh elements and mm-hmm. plot devices and things from that story that seem like you know you could find Bits and pieces of that in, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire. You know, the crazy thing is with A Song of Ice and Fire, though, it's so vast and so big, right. and he's done such a, he's he's woven so many of these different things together that it is really unique, I think. Yeah. Uh, and a, kind of a blend of all those different things that he likes. Mm-hmm. And when I when I hear him talk about his writing style and how it just evolves, mm-hmm. and I'm sort of like, he has an end game, but like. If it evolves this way in his mind, then there he goes. Like right. he just kind of, you know, keep, moves right. forward with it. Right. So. Well, you know, like um, I've watched a lot of. I don't like watching bloopers of Game of Thrones because I just have a hard time with it because I associate those characters so specifically. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. Those things I just don't, I don't like watching bloopers because I got. You. But I I don't mind watching um, some of the production things where you're where they're looking at like you know the makeup artists or stuff like that. And one thing that I think the show does very well is the show. When you look at like their armor and things like that, it never really seems like it's it's clearly all like custom made and stuff like that. And it never really feels like, oh, this is clearly just like Victorian, you know, plate armor or like Crusade, you know, it, oh, all, sure. it all looks. I mean, even if you look at um, like the fight b- between um, the mountain and uh, the Viper, right? Like Oberyn Martell in the show, obviously, um is using this the way he's using his spear is he, mm-hmm. it's like they base it off of wushu which is this like chinese or you know yeah asia i think it's chinese um like spear based combat right but it even in the show it just it looks natural even yeah. though even though it w- is would be taking place more in kind of like a medieval setting you you've drawn something from this eastern culture put it in this culture and so i've just always thought that that's something that the show does really well is that you can clearly see the inspiration sometimes in their armor and stuff like that but it it's not it it, it fits its own world yeah for sure yeah it doesn't look it doesn't look look like something what they, you're saying is that we've seen and right 
our you know on the History Channel or something right, like right. that that we're trying to replicate something that look. I mean, it's yeah, the, it does have like the same t- like there's you were going over the different types of armor. Remember when we first well, that that uh, YouTuber who was talking right, yeah. about you know the armor um, with you. It was just so there's that, but it also still looks like it's unique. It, yeah, it looks unique. It looks like it's its own thing. Yeah, right. Which I which I I really like. Yeah, for sure. So. Oh boy. Okay. Um, anything else there on on uh, Norse? Nope. nope yeah. That is it. Okay. Uh, well, I, uh, I mean, honestly, you know, thanks, Lord Adam Park. We we appreciate it. Absolutely. Sorry we, I mean, uh, he always sends he always sends us just these amazing, yeah, well put together ones. Well, uh, sir, sir, I do have a a quick Raven here. I think I think. We okay, have, sure. We have time for one more quick one here. Uh, I just got this. Uh, it was a um, Instagram message. Cool. Uh, from T underscore bands underscore thirty two. Hey guys, I just found your podcast right after I started reading through A Game of Thrones. I've gotten through about 10 episodes and it's been great. But I wanted to see what you guys thought about something I've noticed. I think it's cool how Gurr is able to make inanimate objects characters of their own. Specifically, Jamie's missing hand. You can see how it it reflects Jamie's true thoughts when he has to put on a fake face, right? Like it's just how how like you see this a lot in the show how Jamie you know he he's missing his hand but he's still you know he's he's trying to seem like everything's hmm. okay gotcha and i think i think a a chapter where i kind of noticed that is um where Jamie is when Jamie goes back to King's Landing and he's talking to all the knights in, yeah. uh, the, of the King's Guard, he's kind of having meet, his meeting with them, and he's—you can just tell—he's like really upset, and he's like, you know, this this place has, you know, gotten away. Um, and then he does—he, you know, he gets that 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 hand kind of remade for him, and yeah, yeah, it does totally alter his his character, and it is almost like he is kind of two characters because he's missing his hand. Right, it, it drastically alters his character. Well, okay, yeah, I mean, another character kind of like that is Arya with Needle. Yep. You know, um, needle is something that she identifies with. It's actually mm-hmm. becomes like a part of her because when she's in uh, the house of white and black, like uh, black and white, she's always um, thinking back to needle. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's the one thing she didn't throw away. Right. She I mean, she, yeah. ca- she she saved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, she hides it. Yeah. And that's something that she kind of draws strength from, you know, mm-hmm. uh, receiving that and then her training with it and different things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other of, of other objects, you know, different things in the story that would uh, be well, characters. I well, guess. if you, I would almost argue, uh, certainly in the history, um, I mean, a lot of the weapons. I mean, Blackfire has its own oh, story, yeah. and Blackfire, and then the crowns, Aegon. right? Like the different, the right, like Aegon's crown as opposed to to Aenys, Aenys mm-hmm. crown, yep. right? Where he makes gets that different one or the, his mother's stuff like right, that right so yeah so there are definitely a lot of these inanimate objects which do kind of tell their own story ice tells a story mm-hmm. you know i mean and then mm-hmm. it gets broken down into Oathkeeper, which tells its own story so uh, certainly a lot of weapons kind of have their own story well and, and yeah impact, as you said it, like because that yeah and i get uh you know that raven was sort of talking about it, it like it's both are true okay right but, yeah. like it's um the idea that something the way he uses it, um, <laughs> yeah, in his writing style, mm-hmm. like it actually speaks for the character in yeah. a sense. Sometimes, just in it be in it doing its own thing, and it has like mm-hmm. dual meaning and things like that. Uh, but back to your point about things that speak back through time and history are the horns, absolutely, uh, yeah. the horn of Joramon, and like mm-hmm. like that type of you know uh, its history and what it means and and things. And it 
it, the power that it has and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Um, huh. Yeah, I'd like to hear from that person some some more objects, you know, some other yeah. uh, objects that kind the of... The dagger definitely kind of tells... Yeah. Kind of, you know, there's definitely, like, this, like, focus point about it when it comes, you know, back and forth and, and, and stuff like that. And will it play a big part later? Right. Um... I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of a lot of inanimate objects are obviously kind of symbols for other things. So I'm just trying to think of objects specifically. Yeah, because it's almost like he's going beyond symbols. Is uh, it's well, I mean, it is. It uh, is it's, yeah. it's a mix of both. But like just the way in which he, the example you mentioned about the hand, um, you know, kind of. Well, it is, it is, I guess it is. It's symbolizing right. what what uh, you know what he was. Yeah, and also what he's what going he is, through right. too at the same mm-hmm. time. You know, I mean, it's it's heavy. He he seems heavy-hearted now. Absolutely. You know, he doesn't seem as light and, you know, free-spirited as as he once did. And and now he's wearing this heavy hand that's burden it's 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 holding him down. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's a replacement, it's really uh cumbersome and not really yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. fit. So mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to fit anymore in with his sister's right. way of thinking, you know. Yeah, or just how he um, how he how he used to think, who who he who he was. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think huh. every, I think everyone kind of kind of sees that with him, right? Yeah. Like when he's training, he trains with Braun in the show, uh, you know, and then Ilian Ilian Payne in the yeah in the, in the books. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. That's that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's something I hadn't really really thought about, and it's it definitely seems like it's a well when we do this close reading each week you know like like we come across like something that uh the way in which Gur writes mm-hmm. you know and like it's just like the line um you know edar was in this past week was thinking about how um how strange it was that renley was into these that he was into these different types of um you know cloaks and armor pieces and things like that and he thought the whole thing was just a bit queer right you know and it's just like the devices that he uses to kind of foreshadow or hint or you know have dual meaning or to mm-hmm. you know kind of lead you down a certain path uh, is very interesting yeah so okay um anything else for this week nope that's it okay well yeah, maybe um, uh, maybe about a short maybe that might be a short a shorter episode this week guys but we're just kind of crunched for time uh this week which is all my fault 100 percent. so i blame matt for the entire you should uh, episode it's, it's all my just fault. so everyone knows yeah we started off somber and you know then i had to then i butchered a lot of pronunciations <laughs> so yeah that's okay it's okay. that's all right lord adam park can give us crap about it in the group you he know will, yeah. so uh that's all right well uh guys if you have uh ravens we did save uh several this week so we we are kind of like actually um backlogging a couple so mm-hmm. uh some of you sent some in we had to record early mm-hmm. um so we're gonna wait uh, to to address those until next week once uh, Sir Matt is all settled in mm-hmm. and we'll dive back into um, a Song of Ice and Fire. We'll get Absolutely. right into the text. You know, uh, really, really, I saw some of the Ravens. I, I, I've already read them and they're they're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, some good theories. We had a couple of new people who have sent in Ravens, Absolutely. so that's exciting. Which is always great, yeah. Uh, so if you're new, I'm sorry, if this is your first episode. Oh gosh, I, am, I, apologize. <laughs> like, I apologize. We apologize. We probably should have said that at the beginning, but yeah, yeah it is what it is. 
Um, but anyways, hang in there. Go back and listen to some other uh, uh, episodes and things. Uh, you know, it's 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 no fault of uh, Lord Adam Parker. It's just it's all, just your all host fa- here. All, yeah, all, all fault of Sir Matt. The, the butt. The butt. <laughs> no, the butt, no, no, no. Me too. Uh, but anywho, yeah. Send us those ravens at btkcast at gmail.com, and uh, we read those every Friday and 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 go over them. Make sure the pronunciations are easy mm-hmm. uh, for us. Yeah, we need the phonetics. Yeah, we do. We yeah. do. So we'll go from there. But uh, all right, I think that's it uh, this week. Uh, we'll see you guys on uh, you know on uh, on Monday for our. We'll continue our reread. Absolutely. All right, and uh, in the words of House Stark, winter is coming.